Bridge Bank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. Bridge Bank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. Bridge Bank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report, and I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. If the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel in these pandemic times is a return to some sort of normal life, well, that light got fainter in the last 24 hours. With COVID-19 cases rising in the state, Governor Gavin Newsom has once again ordered all California counties to shut down indoor activities at restaurants, bars, and entertainment venues. With more on that, here's KQED politics correspondent Marisa Lagos. In ordering the shutdown, Newsom cited the state's steady increase in coronavirus cases, saying an average of 8,200 people have tested positive each day over the past week. Newsom says the majority of counties will also have to shutter inside gyms, malls, salons and worship services because of spikes in cases in those regions. It's incumbent upon all of us to recognize soberly that COVID-19 is not going away anytime soon uh, until there is a vaccine uh, and or an effective therapy. Newsom says hospitalizations are also up, and though the state still has plenty of ICU beds available overall, some rural hospitals are running out of critical care space. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos. Seven of the California counties that will have to once again shutter businesses are in the Central Valley. KQED's Alex Hall spoke with elected officials there to get their reactions. For Fresno Mayor Lee Brand, Newsom's announcement felt like one more challenge in an already impossible situation. It's just going to be a big pushback from the business community and people going to church. It's going to be a problem. You earn your money as an elected official in, in these days. Brand says there's no easy solution and that COVID has turned into a political debate. Honestly, if everybody just did what they're supposed to do, wore masks, if businesses did exactly what they're supposed to do, I think we could contain it. But not everyone agrees. This is just smoke and mirrors. We're not doing anything. Buddy Mendez is chairman of the Fresno County Board of Supervisors. And he says he was put off that local officials didn't receive more notice ahead of Newsom's announcement. All the state's doing is stuff that they can physically control. And they can't physically control the real problem. Mendez says he thinks the state is going after restaurants because they're an easy target and that the governor's plan to close businesses won't bring infection rates down. There's going to be a mixed bag of reaction and emotion. To Larry Mayor, Jose Segala says residents have come to city council meetings saying a requirement to wear masks violates their rights as Americans. He says the city is working to enforce that the pandemic is not a partisan issue, but rather a public health issue. For the California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. 
And there's more coronavirus bad news. California's two largest school districts, Los Angeles and San Diego Unified, announced yesterday that students would not be returning to campuses next month because of the pandemic. Instead, instruction will be done online. With more about the announcement in L.A., here's KPCC's Kyle Stokes. L.A. Unified Superintendent Austin Butner acknowledged the hardships the prolonged closure is likely to cause for many students and for working parents. But he says the county's recent surge in coronavirus cases left LAUSD with no other choice. We couldn't be back now safely just bringing the adults back. Butner promised more robust online offerings this semester. Last spring, LAUSD made live video lessons optional for teachers. But this year, state law mandates that students receive daily live interactions with their schools. It will mean that each student is engaging with their fellow classmates and teacher at the opportunity to do that every day. Details still have to be worked out with LAUSD's Teachers Union, which praised the district's decision to keep campuses closed. For the California Report, I'm Kyle Stokes. Meanwhile, the Board of Education in Orange County is choosing a different response to the pandemic. Late yesterday, in a four to one vote, the board approved school reopening guidelines that would have schools reopen in the fall and do so without requiring students to wear masks or maintain social distancing. Parents and teachers on each side of the issue showed up to express their views at the board's meeting. Here's what they told local station KCAL. Here we've been planning in detail on how we're going to bring the students back safely. And they're just like, oh, throw caution to the wind. Just let's risk all the children's lives. I can't do that. I think we're not thinking about creative solutions right now. What about putting the plexiglass up like they do at the grocery store? Have the teacher stand behind the plexiglass and teach at the whiteboard. That was teacher Vivian Hansen and parent Casey Garcia. The Education Board's coronavirus response guidelines are in direct opposition to state coronavirus guidelines. But Orange County's 27 school districts aren't obligated to follow them. Yesterday, we heard from people in L.A. County who had difficulty getting a coronavirus testing appointment. Well, San Diego County is having its own problems on that front, too, and it's related to testing supply issues. Here's KPBS health reporter Taryn Mento. More San Diegans are seeking tests at a time when supplies are running low. This means longer waits for testing appointments and results. San Diego County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher, speaking remotely, says that makes it more difficult to contain the novel coronavirus. These delays negatively impact our ability to effectively contact trace. Uh, testing is a key part. Testing, tracing, and treatment is a key part of our strategy to try and mitigate and slow the spread of coronavirus. The county won't be canceling testing appointments like in San Bernardino County, where there aren't enough resources to meet the demand. San Diego officials announced a new partnership with a local company to provide more tests. But testing is now limited to symptomatic individuals or asymptomatic people who are at a higher risk. For the California Report, I'm Taryn Mento in San Diego. For a while, California seemed to be a star student in its response to the virus compared to other states. Now it's not doing so hot as coronavirus cases and hospitalizations increase. So what the heck happened? Well, Los Angeles Times medical reporter Emily Baumgartner has been looking into that. Many of the first cases in the United States were detected in California, and it was federal restrictions on who could be tested that ultimately impacted the ability of local officials and state officials 
to identify those cases and isolate them quickly. And Baumgartner says some current problems can also be traced back to state missteps in the early days of the pandemic, like Governor Newsom's approach to coronavirus testing in rural and inner city communities. It was a major priority for him to reach those communities with testing. He called them testing deserts and had even seen a map to see, a heat map to see where those areas were in California. The problem is that many residents in those regions didn't seem aware that, first of all, testing was free, regardless of insurance policies. And second of all, that immigration status was not to impact whether or not they could seek a test. Those things, however clear officials intended to make them, were not clear to the residents of those areas. And as a result, we just aren't seeing a lot of people seeking testing in those types of communities. And just in recent weeks, the, the state government has decided to scale back testing at those underutilized sites and to shift it elsewhere. So it's a prime example of how testing, even with the best of intentions, if not communicated properly, it can only be so effective. That's reporter Emily Baumgartner. She's at Emily underscore Baum on Twitter, and you can find her story at LATimes.com. Northern California hospital system Sutter Health says the pandemic is making it hard for them to pay off half a billion dollars in settlement money to the state, but a judge won't extend the deadline. CAP Radio's health care reporter Sammy Kayola reports. Late in 2019, Sutter Health settled a lawsuit from California Attorney General Javier Becerra. He says the system price gouges patients, overpays executives, and hides information about the cost of care. Now, Sutter says it needs more time to pay because COVID-19 is straining its budget. A San Francisco Superior Court judge denied that request last week. University of Southern California health economist Glenn Melnick says he agrees with the ruling. So basically they're saying, you know, we're going to use the losses to justify keeping our market power to charge above market prices. That to me doesn't seem to be in the best interest of consumers. The hospital industry says in general, the pandemic has been tough, especially for independent rural hospitals. Many facilities have lost revenue from canceling elective surgeries and have had to buy special protective gear. But some experts argue that larger health systems have deep reserves that cushion them from COVID-19's economic toll. For The California Report, I'm Sammy Kayola in Sacramento. And that is the California Report for Tuesday, July 14th. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Have a great day and do stay safe. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Ideas for storing leftover paint to keep it fresh and tips for using it up can be found at paintcare.org. Water heaters only. Specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day, every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> 